Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostly, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Especially for Get Paid for Your Pet listeners, get two free months of their premium version. For more details, visit hostfully.com slash pad. Welcome, episode 202 of Get Paid for Your Pet. My name is Jasper, I am your host, and today I will be all alone. Very, very sad. Nobody wants to talk to me, so I'm going to be all by myself. And I wanted to do this episode because, you know, I always forget to mention updates and a little peek behind the scenes, like what's going on at GetPaid4YourPad, what am I working on and stuff. But I always forget because I always run out of time because I have to keep these podcast episodes below 30 minutes and it has to do with the production. Um, I don't produce these episodes by myself anymore. I used to uh, for about two and a half years. I produced every single episode by myself, which means that I was doing the editing and you know, the show notes and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't really my favorite thing to do. I really like recording the episodes and creating content, but I'm not such a fan of all the technical stuff that comes with it. And fortunately, as the audience grew earlier this year, I was able to get some sponsors. And I'm sure you've noticed that there's Hostfully and there's Aviva IQ that uh, sponsor these podcast episodes. And with the money they pay me, I have hired a professional podcast production team and they do all the work for me so that's really great um and but but the thing is they have brackets so i pay a certain amount of dollars it costs about a hundred dollars per episode but if i go over 31 minutes then it it suddenly costs uh, a lot more and so i i have to keep these episodes below that uh or in that bracket and so it, what always happens is that I run out of time and I forget to mention things. And by the way, it, it doesn't actually cover the full cost of the podcast. It, the sponsors cover about half of it. But the other half is covered by you guys. And you might wonder how, because other than my book, I don't really sell anything. But what happens is, you know, I recommend products sometimes, right? I recommend services like Beyond Pricing and Payfully and some of these other uh, companies that have popped up in the Airbnb niche. And for some of these companies, when you sign up, I get a commission. And that commission I then use to pay for the production and pay for the hosting of the website and for all the stuff that uh, that costs me money. And I'm, about, I'm almost break, break even now, which is pretty cool. I wanted to explain a little bit about how this works. It's called affiliate marketing. And basically what it means is when you sign up for a service, they will give me a, a small commission, but it comes at no extra cost to you. In fact, a lot of the times 
because these services, they, they really want to be promoted, a lot of the times they actually offer some sort of special deal where you get like a couple months for free or you get a discount or something. And so every time I talk to one of these service providers, I always try to get a good deal for my community. And so it's really kind of a win-win situation uh, when you sign up through uh, my links, which, by the way, you can find them on Airb- uh, getpaidforyourpad.com slash Airbnb tools. Um, that's the page that I've created with an overview of all the different services that are out there. And I'm not partnering with all of them. I'm only partnering with the ones that I know of, that are ones that I've tested and the ones that I can vouch for. But the other reason why it's a win-win situation is that, you know, this is the people that sign up for these services for me, they're very important to me because because they're basically, they're paying for this podcast production, right? And so those people are very important to me. And so if there's ever a problem, if you sign up with one of the services I recommend and you have a problem with them, let me know because I will get on the phone with the CEO and make sure that they treat you well. Um, because I'm relying, my whole business model kind of relies on this, right? So I just want to mention that, and uh, you know, I really appreciate if you uh, if you sign up for a service, if you want to check at the uh, getpaidforyourpet.com/airbnb-tools, you can also find a link on the homepage if you want to use my links because that really helps me to create better content. And talking about better content, you may have noticed that I started becoming quite active on my YouTube channel. Now, I've had my YouTube channel for a while, uh, but I haven't really focused on it. I haven't really had the time to um, really try to learn how to create good videos. But now I'm really doing it because I'm actually publishing a video every single day. Uh, It's kind of crazy, but I've committed to it and it's been really fun. And it's given me a lot of engagement in terms of people commenting and people reaching out, sending me emails and stuff. So I'm really enjoying it. And so I'm really planning to stick with it for quite a while. And I've also been sending out daily emails in which I not only talk about Airbnb, but also share a little bit more about my travels and my lifestyle and the things that I learn on the way. And I've had really good reactions uh, on these emails as well. Not from everybody, because for some people, an email a day is a little bit too much. And uh, I get that. Um, you know, it's a little sad when people unsubscribe. But uh, I do realize that you know not everybody has time to read an email every day. And so that's cool. But for those people who, who do like to receive those emails, you can go to getpaidforyourpad.com slash newsletter, and there you can sign up if you want to receive the emails. And I always put a link to the video that I've published on YouTube. And I've just breached the 1,000 subscriber barrier, which is really, really cool. I read an article somewhere that once you get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, that's kind of like a, a major milestone and that things will you know, go much faster after you've reached that 1,000 subscribers. I'm not sure exactly why, but that seems to be kind of a, uh, a magical number. So I'm, uh, I'm, I bought a course on how to create really cool videos. And so every day I'm, I'm learning a bit. It's, it's really fun. Another topic I wanted to touch on is my new book that I'm planning to release in April 2018. And this book is all about the investment side. So it's all about buying properties or renting properties 
in order to rent them out on Airbnb or other short-term rental platforms. I think this is a really interesting topic. And I've been doing a lot of research to find information about you know, what are the best locations and what are the things you want to look at? What are the things you need to consider? And there's just not a lot of information out there. I mean, there, there is literally no book that talks about investing for short-term rentals. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe my book will be the first one or maybe someone, somebody will beat me to it. Uh, but in any case, I think it's going to be a very useful resource as I'm learning a lot myself. I mean, you know, I've, I've invested in my apartment in Colombia. I've bought a house in Amsterdam 10 years ago. Those are the only real estate purchases that I've ever made. So I'm watching like real estate courses and watching lots of YouTube videos and reading articles. I've bought a bunch of books. And so I'm trying to sort of compile all that knowledge that is out there, compile it in, into one book. And, you know, my aim is really for it to be all encompassing resource on the topic of investing in short-term rentals. And there's really two parts, right? There's purchasing a unit and there's renting for releasing on Airbnb, right? The rentrepreneur model, as people like to call it. And there's a couple of books actually on that topic. And one of the reasons why I'm also really excited about this book is because I'm featuring a lot of real case studies. So I know a lot of people who've invested in Airbnb properties. And given the fact that I actually don't have that much experience, I mean, I've only bought one property in Colombia and I bought a property in the Philippines, but that's that's kind of like a different model. That's not uh, that's not a short-term rental. It's actually like a, a studio in a resort. I just bought it because I thought it was a great opportunity. Um, but And so I've, I've really only invested in one Airbnb property other than my house in Amsterdam. And so I really wanted to not just use my own experience and my own thoughts, but I really want to use other people's experiences as well to provide as much value and to provide as much inf- inspiration as I can. And, you know, I'm writing up all these different stories and it's just really cool to see you know, how creative people are and what kind of challenges people run into. I've got stories from all over the world. I've got stories from Europe. I've got stories from the US. I've got stories in Asia and South America, of course, including myself. So it really covers lots of different situations, lots of different ways of financing, lots of different ways of managing the business. And there's still a couple spots available, actually. So if you have a really cool story about some investment that you made, then um, feel free to reach out at jesper at getpaidforyourpet.com and we can have a chat and I can see if your story is a, a good fit in the current selection that I have because I want to keep it as diverse as possible so that it provides as much value as possible. You've heard me talk about Hostfully a lot over the past few months. I love sending my beautiful Hostfully guidebook to my guests as it makes me look very professional. I also love including screenshots of my guidebook in my actual Airbnb listing. This helps me stand out from the crowd. Well, now I'm thrilled to announce that I'm a sponsor of the Hostfully host program. Twice a month, Hostfully selects a host and features them on their top-ranked blog. This is great promotion for your listing and a cool way to share your favorite local spots to a large audience. What's even cooler is that each Hostfully host gets a free set of organic sheets from the clean bedroom. And now that I'm a sponsor, you'll also be featured in my newsletter 
my social media feeds, and you get free access to my video course on how to be a great host. For more details and how to apply, visit hostly.com slash hostlyhost. Now I had a look at all the videos that I've published on my YouTube channel so far, and I was looking at the amount of views, and there's one particular video that got way more views than any of the other videos. And so I kind of realized that this is a topic that a lot of people are interested in, and it has to do with the security deposit. It's kind of a surprise to me that that was the video that caused the most views because security deposits, kind of a boring topic, right? But it turns out that a lot of Airbnb hosts out there don't realize that the Airbnb security deposit is not a security deposit at all, right? The idea of a security deposit is that you pay a certain amount of money that you get back after you've stayed at the place and you haven't caused any damage and it's all good, then you get your security deposit back, right? But the word security refers to the fact that the landlord or the host has the deposit and therefore is secure. Well, but in Airbnb's case, it's not because Airbnb actually doesn't even charge the guest the security deposit. All they do is they check to see if the credit card of the guest allows for the extra money to be charged at the time of booking. Now, between the time of booking and the actual stay, a lot of things can happen, right? The client can max out the credit card, or maybe they can even they could even cancel the credit card. A lot of things can happen. So there's there's no security at all. In fact, it's not a deposit. It's really just nothing. And so the question is, what's the point of having a security deposit? Well, some people are saying it deters people that are planning to cause damage. Like if you're planning to cause damage, then you know you you don't want to pay a security deposit. Because I guess a lot of the guests don't realize this either. They think that they might be paying it. And so it might uh, it might encourage people to be a little bit more careful with your stuff. Although, I don't know, I, I kind of doubt that because, I mean, from my experience, Airbnb guests are generally like 99.9% are very good people that take care of your stuff. I think in the case of damages, it's either accidental when people are willing to just pay. Like all the damages that I've ever had in my house People would always leave money on the table or they reach out to me and they say, hey, I broke something. Let me uh, let me refund you. And so I've never had a security deposit and I've also never really needed one. Now, of course, there's the exceptions, right? There's the 0.01% or whatever it is of people that don't take care of your belongings and who do cause damage. And so the question is, you know, do you want to charge the security deposit just for that tiny, tiny little percentage of people who would actually cause damage? I don't know. I just think it looks kind of unfriendly on the on the website. I, I feel like it's not very welcoming to the to the guests. But that's you know, that's a personal a personal choice. But I think what's really damaging about the way that Airbnb handles the security deposit is it gives a false sense of security. Right, especially for new hosts. Hosts are thinking that they charge a security deposit and they think that if there's damages, they can just take it from the security deposit. And then what actually happens is you have to report the damage and send images and send proof to Airbnb 
within 14 days or before the next guest arrives. Well, that's just insane. Because if you have back-to-back -back booking, how much time do you really have to gather all this information? And if you don't send it in before the next guest arrives, well, good luck getting your money from Airbnb because, I mean, from all the experiences that I've heard and the comments that I've seen on my video and the people that reached out to me by email, it's generally a bit of a pain in the ass to get any damages refunded. So, and then the other point is, if you don't have a security deposit, well, guess what? If your guests do some damage to your stuff, you still go through the same process. You gather evidence, you go to the Airbnb resolution center, and you try to get Airbnb to refund you. So I don't, I don't really understand what the difference is between having a security deposit and not having a security deposit. I read somewhere in the Facebook group, I can't remember which one it was, but I read about somebody who actually called Airbnb and asked them like, what's, what's really the difference between the process of getting damage refunded if you have a security deposit and if you have no security deposit and eventually the Airbnb employee kind of admitted that there's no real difference. The last thing I wanted to share is something more personal. Over the summer, I had a great time. I had a lot of fun. I spent a couple of weeks in Vegas. I was in Stockholm with a lot of friends of mine. And I was having so much fun that I wasn't really paying attention to what I was eating. I was drinking maybe a couple of beers, too many here and there. And as a result, you know, I'm 40 years now. And so I'm getting to the age where you have to be a little bit careful about how much of those calories you consume because it will have an effect on your body. And it, it started to have an effect on my body. Actually, the last day I was in Stockholm about a month ago, somebody actually took a picture of me and I looked at the picture and I just, it was shocking. I, I developed like a belly. I've never had this before. And so it shocked me so much that I really wanted to get rid of it. And so when I arrived to Taipei, I told myself, okay, I'm not going to drink alcohol for a while. I'm going to the gym every day. And I heard about this thing called the keto diet. I think I first heard it on the Tim Ferriss' podcast. And if you don't know who Tim Ferriss is, well, you, well, everybody knows who Tim Ferriss is, right? But if you don't know who he is, then check him out because he's definitely in the top three of most inspirational people that I've ever heard of, I remember back in the day, 2010, after I quit my job, I started traveling and I ran into his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and it was basically the start of my journey. If I hadn't read that book, I might be sitting in an office somewhere now, because that introduced me to the idea of that people can be able to travel around and still make a living. So very inspirational person, Tim Ferriss, and he had somebody on the show that talked about the keto diet. And I heard about it from some of my friends as well. A couple of my friends have lost a lot of fat and uh, gained some muscle and stuff working out using the keto diet and they were all raving about it. So I was like, you know what? Let me try that. So I started the diet about four weeks ago when I arrived in Taipei. The first couple of days, I didn't feel great. There's this thing called the keto flu, because basically what Keto means is you stop eating carbohydrates or you reduce the amount of carbohydrates below 20 grams a day or net carbs. That's carbs minus fiber. Anyway, I won't get too technical, but basically what it means is that you stop eating carbs and your body starts to burn fat and the, your body goes into a stage that's called 
ketosis where it's using the fat for energy and it gets very efficient at it and what the result is is that you have a very high energy level throughout the day because your body's not dependent anymore on the glucose that it gets from the carbohydrates and so your your blood sugar level stays more constant you don't get those ups and downs during the day and it's been working like a charm it's pretty crazy like i've dropped over five kilos of weight in in about four weeks and my energy levels are just super high throughout the day i, I don't get tired at night i used to always get tired around like 8 9 p.m i just kind of want to lie on the couch but now i've, I've been working till like 1 2 a.m in the morning just because i don't feel tired and mentally i'm very focused and so i'm able to be extremely productive which comes at a very good time as i'm doing all these videos because it's a lot of work i probably spend like two or three hours a day just polishing one video and one email and then i have to do all the other stuff and so it's uh it's it's pretty busy and so the mental focus that this diet gives me is is pretty awesome so i just want to share that with you guys and by the way, one other little trick I want to share in terms of uh, procrastination. You know, last night I, I celebrated the birthday and I got home around 3 a.m. or so. And I had to get up early because I'm learning Chinese and I had a Chinese lesson, learning Mandarin, I should say. And so I only slept for like four, four and a half hours or so. I was pretty busy the rest of the day as well. I'm coaching a client actually here in Taipei right now. So I was pretty busy and... I didn't really feel like going to the gym, but I made a commitment to go every day. And so I was kind of lying on my bed and I was thinking, oh, you know, I would really like to just take a little nap or maybe watch some TV or something. But then I thought, you know what, why don't I just go to the gym, but then I don't have to do anything there. This is a little trick that I always use when I feel like I don't want to do the thing that I need to do. I just tell myself, okay, well, I just go, I just take a baby step. And then I don't have to actually do anything. Anything I do there is a bonus, right? So I lower the expectation and then I it makes me feel more comfortable going because then I, I don't... Because it's not going to the gym that I look up to, right? It's it's the, 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 the weightlifting, it's the cardio. That's the thing that I'm looking up to, not the walk to the gym. I mean, gym is five minutes away. Like I can walk to the gym and get dressed. You know, that's not the that's not the problem. So I kind of tricked my mind into doing that. So I walked to the gym and then you might think, well, what's the point of going to the gym if you're not actually going to do anything there? Well, but here's the thing. Once I get to the gym, I dress, I change, and then I walk onto the, the gym floor. And I would feel like such an idiot then turning around <laughs> and putting my clothes back on and then walking home. I mean, that's just so ridiculous that once I'm there, I I'm going to do something. All right. So, so today as well, I, I ended up doing like 70, 80% of my workout, which is a lot better than not going to the gym at all. Right. The trick is also to then give yourself credit for the workout that you did, even though you didn't do the full workout and not beat yourself down for the 20 or 30% of the workout that you missed. So that's kind of like a little trick I always use. And it's not just with going to the gym. You can apply it to pretty much anything else. Like, let's say I want to make a video and I don't feel like making a video. Then I'll just tell myself, okay, I'm just going to make one little shot, just a shot of like 10 seconds, right? And then I do that. And then after I've done that one, then I'm like, okay, well, it's kind of silly to just do one shot, right? Or one scene. I might as well do the next one as well, right? So 
it's just a little trick that uh, has been very helpful for me in getting things done. So hopefully that could help you as well. All right. Well, I think I'm running out of time. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And of course, on Friday, I'm going to be discussing this week's news in the world of Airbnb with David. So hopefully you will tune in on Friday and you will be updated on the news. And of course, if you want to check out my YouTube channel, go ahead, please subscribe. I really love having more subscribers. And if you want to uh, get the emails, of course, go to getpaidforyourpad.com slash newsletter. And feel free to reach out. Also, if you watch my videos, I would love to get some feedback because I'm really trying to figure out what kind of videos are cool, what, what do people want to see, what are people interested in, as well as for my emails as well. So any feedback that you want to give me, feel free, whether it's positive or negative, both both are fine. Uh, and so, you know, please email at jasper at getpaidforyourpet.com, as many of you have already done. Although I don't know if the podcast listeners are the same people that are on my email list and the same people that are watching the videos. There's no way for me to tell, but I'm sure there's some overlap. Anyway... I hope you're having a great day and I'll be back on Friday. Goodbye. Yeah.